A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter. A health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is the Bad Batch Report. <laughs> I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and the person making great racing Doppler sounds is Ken Knapsack. 
Hey everybody, this was a lot of fun. I have a new video game dream. A lot of cool things in this episode. <laughs> yeah, I want to get my N64 and my cartridge video game, Star Wars Riot Racer, right? Ah, and Space Mario Kart. Just... <laughs> it is Space Mario Kart. Uh, that That's an obvious connection. I was too obsessed with what this episode means for Tech soul. Uh, but you're right, it's totally Mario Kart. We just needed like Space Bowser. <laughs> I mean, it, he wasn't racing, but I kind of felt we got it. Ooh, <laughs> like, yeah, there's, kind of, there's, yeah, there's some Bauer vibes in what, Malegi? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Malegi, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ernie Hudson, mm-hmm. Ernie Hudson mm-hmm. and Malegi. Ernie mm-hmm. Hudson, yeah, okay, I, I take it back. We needed Luigi. Uh, <laughs> there you uh, go. My controversial yeah. criticism this episode that the robot Teo should have had uh, spoken like Luigi from Super Mario <laughs> Brothers. There you go, there you go. Uh, we are already discussing... Mm-hmm. Episode four of season two of The Bad Batch. It is called Faster, written by Matt Machenovitz, directed by Stuart Lee, and uh, story editor continues to be Matt Machenovitz, credited uh, throughout the season so far. Uh, this is one where clearly uh, Mr. Machenovitz uh, story edited himself <laughs> for a very fun episode. Uh, Ken, what was your general viewing experience? Did you have the midnight experience last night? I did not. This was the last uh, episode that I've watched ahead. We have the press screeners, of, as we've said. Doesn't make us special humans. We just we just have a link with our emails on it. And uh, th- I was I watched so I watched this a, a couple weeks ago, and then watched this again uh, two or three times actually prior to uh, this episode. And this I was a little worried because I knew the big number three was this solitary clone, this emotional art piece, and it got rightly praised out there online. I was like. Oh, but next week it's it's a little different feel, and I wonder what people are they are people going to react to that. But I think uh, I, I was hopeful, and I think it turned out the way where it's like this was kind of a ah, oh, let's have some fun, let's learn some things while we're racing. So my experience was a little different, and I didn't stay up. Uh, watched it again this morning. I know it's quick. It's it's a faster, more intense watch, and uh, and uh, that way I got a lot of viewings in. So that was my experience. The true Lucas experience. Yeah, I, I uh, was not able to stay up until midnight last night and watched it. So I watched it uh, yesterday afternoon, uh, kind of the middle of the afternoon with a roast beef sandwich and honestly some stress. Uh, I was getting uh, pretty stressed uh, this afternoon, yesterday afternoon when I watched it. And you had told me that it's a lighter episode. It's like, OK, great great so i knew what i was getting into and then it was just such a delight such a surprise that it it really relaxed me so thank mm, you bad batch mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i think it worked i look i think they they clearly you know these are professionals they know when they're looking at their episodes what they got and they knew number three was a gut punch they knew it was something different and i think this was placed uh, perfectly yeah, yeah, it, it was really great. And I can't wait to see the online reaction because this one is definitely the kind of episode where sometimes people say, oh, it's a filler episode or it's got too much of X kind of comedy or or that kind of thing. But I just felt like there's so much heart and so much of the spirit of what Bad Batch is. So I'm really curious to see what people think. But for now, let's share what we think. Uh, what was your overall reaction? Did you love this one? Sounds like it, like it, struggle with parts of it. Where'd you go? I'm trying. I, I should be a better podcaster. I should, I should withhold my opinions and feelings. <laughs> I really love this episode. Riot racing is a riot. I loved it. I love the feel. I love the comedy. Uh, they leaned into all of it, and there's some really cool lessons. Uh, not, I was going to say buried. That's not even mm-hmm. true. They're pretty direct. <laughs> some of the stuff is pretty direct. And I, I, this is uh, the fun, wild side of Star Wars. The little bit weirder side of Star Wars. 
And I really appreciate it. And I appreciate it more, again, not just in this post-Andor world, this Samba Star Wars. We, we keep mentioning that, but it's true. But also, again, last week's episode was that vibe. Big, mm-hmm. thoughtful, big emotions, a gut punch, like I said earlier. And I, you need this kind of stuff. This is uh, just as much as Star Wars as the big sweeping lessons. And again, lessons in this episode. Uh, I, I've watched it four or five, four, almost maybe four and a half times. Wow. I had a little extra time uh, before recording today, so I just kind of skipped through it and watched some of my favorite parts again. I, so, therefore, it really worked, and uh, and and I loved it, and it's uh, it's uh, it's got me zooming around my house. Yeah, yeah, no, the the mood is infectious. I really did enjoy this one a ton because I kind of thought the episode was um, uh, from one perspective. It you know, it, there's nothing shocking about the episode right kind of it, it it's yeah. well written so it gives you the hints pretty quickly of like oh i i think i know what's going to happen in this episode you know yeah. um yeah. and in terms of plot yeah almost everything <laughs> uh plays out um in a in a really you know logical way but it's all the details and the meaning of it that that gave me so much joy you know yeah. i love that it was on the surface while while it seems pretty straightforward the episode was actually a lot of different kinds of things all at once. It was a tech spotlight. It was a special focus episode. Yeah. It was also a Sid episode. It was mm-hmm. also a building block for the larger conflict of the show, right? Um, to me, it would be like, I would have enjoyed this if this was really just tech learning about himself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's setting up very, very clearly with that real clarity at the end of can they trust Sid, right? Um, Are the mercenary jobs they're taking morally uh, acceptable to them, which is something that was really an issue in season one. If we're not soldiers anymore, what are we? Oh, we're just doing these jobs for money. Are we bounty hunters? Are we mercenaries? They're like, they're really wrestling with their nouns. So all that, all this uh, story brought that back into focus and kind of even raised the stakes on that of like, not only... Is it possible that the jobs you're doing are not morally acceptable? Sid's going to stab you in the back at the worst time. Like it, yeah. it raised the stakes for the the story and the relationships as well. I'm really glad you focus on the Sid stuff there. I thought that was uh, one of the things that I, I was prepared to use in battle with the word filler. If that was going to come out there of no, there's literally this dangling question over all of uh, the end of this episode. The music cue itself is a gong, gong, gong. Uh, and really focused in on it. And, but, but Sid goes through this real we'll talk about some of the themes and stakes, but in a yeah. second, but goes through this real challenging moment of no, no, I'm not that way anymore. And, and uh, it's your nature. This is what you do type of thing there. And then at the center of it all was the stuff going on with Omega, just cementing, her position is uh, you know, not just honorable and admirable, as, as Malegi says their actions are, but no, we, we help. We help. That's what we do. And it's what we are. So big things, big lessons, big themes hanging over all the fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think for me, it's also just as somebody who has done a lot of comedy over the years, I love that this is in general, uh, tonally, it is a comedy episode. It is uh, light and fun mm-hmm. and really blatant swing for the fences jokes all throughout uh, but just because comedy is there doesn't mean there aren't ideas there. You know, yeah. in this, the ideas about tech that we're going to talk about, you know, uh, when we get into themes and stakes and that just kind of rich, complex ideas about growth, change, found family. When you start to get into the, the Sid in Omega stuff, like the, the episode is light, but in that 
classic Star Wars way, just like the solitary clone. I think sometimes Star Wars is so successful when the uh, the idea is minimal, but it's leading you to such huge ideas that affect the story, affect the characters, and can affect you and your life. <laughs> right. If you think about them, and the solitary clone is like the dark version of this, but I, uh, that, but I honestly feel like what was going on with tech was like just as deep and just as important, but told in this different way. Yeah, told in a. And just a damn fun way that's got me thinking about video games. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I just kept thinking about that big question uh, of the of the show. If we're not soldiers anymore, then who or what are we? Mm-hmm. Um, final thought for me on a kind of an overall reaction is I really loved how much of a focus episode this was for tech. And I kind of hope that more focus episodes are coming for Hunter, Wrecker, Echo, Omega, even Sid. How do you feel about that? I, I really enjoyed that. I think there's a push to get more storytelling for Echo, which is something we mm-hmm. echo here. Hey, all right. <laughs> uh, and and Tech, I know he is, uh, you know, your favorite. It's hard to pick favorites, but he, he resonates and connects with you just as a Wrecker and his love of Mantel Mix connects with me. And it was just fun to see in the reactions, some played for comedy, some with deep meaning behind it, including his his wave at the end. It's one of my favorite things. Um, and uh, it honored Tech. It really honored Tech. And and, and it's a lot about him, you know, him, his skill set being uh, what it needs to be to be part of this journey. Yeah, no, absolutely. And there was some great Wrecker moments. Uh, I, I did watch it again this morning to kind of scrub through for a couple quotes and things like that. And uh, <laughs> I couldn't help but freeze frame all the different times Wrecker was eating stuff. Uh, he had some sort of uh, <laughs> multi-legged on a stick, like like five chicken legs on a stick kind of thing. Like, yeah. oh, Wrecker. Oh, Me- Wrecker. Meals on sticks is a part of my life. That's why, one of the reasons I love Wrecker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I took a lot of notes about tech, which is why I am sometimes like tech. So <laughs> let's get into the big ideas, the big themes, what ideas were at stake in this episode. Uh, I suspect that you and I went to some similar places with the central story about tech, but uh, I really wrestled with how I wanted to say it, uh, how hmm. it was resonating with me. So uh, I'm going to throw the sort of umbrella term that I used for the big mm-hmm. theme out. And then I'm curious to see how you <laughs> yeah, yeah. titled your theme. Uh, for me, what was really moving about text journey was this thematic ideas idea that your skills don't put you in a box. They free you. Yeah. Um, specifically the idea that we all have skill sets and if we are rigid about the way we define them, they can feel limiting. But if we look at it and say, well, I have this set of skills how can I apply them to all sorts of different things? Mm-hmm. Suddenly you're not being contained by your skills. You're sort of being freed by them and enhanced by them. And, and we'll talk about all the details of it, but that was to me like the, the moral that was really great for tech and, and great for me to hear. How did you sort of frame this big picture idea? Great place to start. This is the first. The first note I wrote for myself was just tech and his skill sets. Just that was on a first view, and you just kind of put down some like, hey, what what emerges for you in the in the narrative yeah. here? And that that's where I went first. And 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 I do I love what you're saying about you know, it, it frees you. It, it goes to that Star Wars Visions uh, Jedi Rocks episode I love so much. Of ah, we're just a band. What can we do? That's what you are, and that's what you bring. And all these things and 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 tech maybe sometimes gets poked at and made fun of and. Uh, yeah, record does too, big oaf. But uh, th- that is who tech is, and there's 
so many things hanging over this episode of how war and fighting doesn't necessarily solve all the situations. Mm-hmm. Definitely doesn't here. You got the great uh, tail offense is the best and that leads to this, uh, you know, finding different ways to solve problems and how you can be part of that. And that's where I think it flows back to this tech stuff and what you're saying here, including Omega, who Omega is, 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 is key to this episode. Uh, who Wrecker is, is, is meets on sticks, key to this episode, but it all uh, going to, to tech and how, yeah, he, it's not just simply, again, even Teo's poking fun at him, but it's just, uh, it, it's powerful. And you put, uh, you talked about rigid, rigidity. I wrote that too, of rigidity versus flowing, which doesn't mean this episode is about tech going, you know what? I'm throwing away my charts. It's quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. It's quite the opposite. It's, it's what you're saying. No, no, I'm taking who I am into a situation where I have to adapt or find things out or just try or, or get out of my comfort zone, right? He's not a racer. But here he is taking his skills into this and he comes out a victor. Uh, and it's again, not just about winning, but um, I love that. It, it, it's a big, powerful lesson. Who you are is what you are. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't need to be l- defining yourself isn't necessarily going to limit yourself, I think, is mm-hmm. is a part of what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And to just kind of walk through some of the beats, like they, the, the script is written very well to really highlight this. We know this about tech. You know, it's, it's part of what I love about him of like, a lot of his the way he describes things is comedy but it's comedy that comes from truth like uh mm-hmm. when omega asked about the clone wars and he just sort of defined it like in this dictionary way that does not capture any of the you know horror right and we laugh but it's also like but it's the truth of who tech is it's the way he processes things and that yeah. can risk limiting you in this episode reminds us he comments multiple times being kind of obsessive and pedantic about analyzing and categorizing things yeah. Early on, he he talks about, you know, the appropriate uses of the Bad Batch's uh, skills to to Sid. Mm-hmm. He's talking about the job that Echo and Hunter on says, I would not call transporting 50 cases of Nerf Nuggets a mission, nor is it a proper use of our skill set. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comments on the speeders original specs, right? He says this is a 12 series speeder. They're not built for racing speed or durability. Yeah, but they're being adapted. Um, and then he observes accurately that you know their normal tactics uh what he and wrecker have been brought along for for muscle their military tactics won't resolve the situation when sid is kidnapped you know he Mm -hmm. literally saying we cannot apply our military tactics to this situation uh so he's really in this place of analyzing everything is defined by skill set i even thought early on in the episode when uh, sid is giving them mission and saying "I, i just need muscle uh, I thought the episode was going to be about like, what is tech going to do alone on Ornamental when he gets left behind? It was so narrow focused to like, I thought he was going to be like, okay, well I'll, I'll stay here and keep repairing this data pad or whatever he was doing. Um, because it's so much about record skills. So like even this mission, she's like, well, tech, you can come along too. I guess you're okay in a fight, but what I really need is this hunk of meat record. I'll punch something right. if needed. Yeah. Right. So there's even that sort of um, trapped by his his uh, defined skill sets. And, mm-hmm. and then, as you pointed out, obviously, he, he's mocked uh, by Teo that yeah. he can't be a racer. You're doing it uh, all wrong, human. And it is all about strategy and skill, of which you have zero, all that. Um, and this is obviously clear, but I just kind of want to walk through it because I appreciate how well it's constructed to remind us of all these things about tech. And really that kind of hinge moment where he could say, hey, everyone is right. My skill sets are X, Y, or Z. So I should, and they can only be applied here. Yeah. 
But that just that that real growth moment. There's a nice that nice shot of him just alone studying the track right before Teo gets smashed, comes up to him and gets smashed, right? Yeah. Where it really does feel like like uh, a real world time and place where somebody has said, You're good at, you know, whatever it is, you're good at wrestling. So you shouldn't, you know, try to write this poem. <laughs> right. Right. And the person who's good at wrestling thinks, What how how am I good at wrestling? How can I translate how, how how would a wrestler write a poem that maybe somebody else wouldn't think to write because they're a wrestler you know mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. and the way he doesn't deny his skills but he applies them to this new task and in it really defies conventional wisdom about how the race needs to be run mm-hmm. uh i thought it was, it, it was such a great part of this i i really love you highlighting that moment there i think that's something you know, here's this lesson in front of our faces, but at times we might all fall victim to thinking about that, uh, about other people where you don't even intend to, you know, you just kind of meet someone, you meet someone in a certain world. Uh, you're mentioning wrestling. I met a lot of pro wrestlers. We have a listener, Adam Knight, wrestler, but also an author. And you exactly. could be like, oh, oh, really? You, you write, you write, you know how to write, you know, and, and it's just, you don't mean it. You don't attend it, but we kind of all go through life with a little bit of Teo's view until you maybe you're faced with it yourself. I think that was also the reminder. It was it was empowering for tech, but also don't be a tail. Don't be a tail even when you don't know about it. <laughs> yeah. I was really affected by a Teo is 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 a funny, a great comedy character. There is the a, you know, the racer with an ego uh kind of uh character going mm-hmm. on with him but honestly it reminded me of of lots of things in real life everything from running uh higher-end copy machines at kinko's to screenwriting where mm-hmm. i think sometimes people can use the knowledge that they have is definitely a way to gatekeep right of yeah, yeah. uh th- the this is the way it is done i have this knowledge uh, and because you don't know have this knowledge, only I can give it to you, and mm. you can't do it a different way, right? Yeah. Um, it, it's almost designed to keep you in a box sometimes, right? Mm. Follow this rigid outline. I am the one who sets the way this goes. And there, there's a little bit of that real-world stuff going on with Tao, where he's like, <laughs> mm. you know, this is exactly how you race. Don't go off and do something creative. Don't look at it from a totally different perspective. Um almost like this fear of like, but because if somebody else looks at it from a different perspective, then, uh, then maybe I don't get to be the expert anymore. Yeah, man, this, this, this episode would be great at a corporate weekend about how to approach (laughs) problems differently. Wouldn't it? It it really was in, you know, this is where I'm saying of like, I think all of these ideas are in the episode, but in what makes an episode like this rich to me is it can spiral out to real life experiences i think everybody could probably look at this and if you're if, if you're at a retreat and you were given an essay assignment of uh when have you been tech and when has somebody been teo to you i bet everyone has a story <laughs> it's somebody mentioned that i had an exchange this past weekend at, at a comedy club where so, you know someone's like oh you, you wrote a star wars book and you have a star wars head on and they were talking about star wars and they weren't being negative but they're like i don't know you know what i like about star wars it's fake I go, okay. And he goes, yeah, then, then everyone just applies all this meaning that's not really there to it and we attach it to our lives. And I just was like, <laughs> I mean, but if the meaning's there, it's there. And and this is a great episode for that. You, you and I are, are, are connecting to these real world things because it's there. It inspires it. it. It's a thought starter. And it's a silly race. All of this, it's all of it. 
It's all of it. And this is the power of Star Wars. This is why I love, I think I really love this episode. I, I became immediately protective of it. And I didn't need to, by the way. I was pre-defensive. I was ready to go into war for this episode uh, for people to be like, just a silly, stupid racing one. And maybe there's some people, but I'm not seeing that online. Uh, just because I thought this is just right. so much. Yeah, so much. Yeah, I think it's just it's just moving for tech because it it just is not yeah. a denial of who he is. It is in mm-hmm. some ways a reinforcement of who he is, but it also just like absolutely opens everything up for him, right? That um it, you know, it's an acknowledgement that he controls how his skills are deployed, right? It's just him problem solving of going like, well, normally this would be a violent scenario, but that's not going to work because we're maybe a little bit uh outgunned and outnumbered and then they'll just come after us anyway so that can't resolve it so like yeah. there isn't any ego right it's not like he's trying to prove himself he's being very tech <laughs> yeah. yeah and trying to figure it out and and he's so analytical it's mm-hmm. almost fun to think like on the flight home uh is he like making a, an organized list of what other challenges his skill set could be applied to that he didn't yeah. really go like hey wait Actually, you can, it's not just combat or piloting. You can study and analyze anything, and I can apply my skill set to uh, cooking, uh, poetry, yeah. galactic domination if I wanted. I could be a quiz show host. Here's all the things I could do with my <laughs> skill set yeah. if I looked at it from a different perspective. No, I, lo- I, I, I love this. And, and, and almost in my summary, looking at texting, and there's much more to discuss about text, but it, like you said, it's a confirmation of who he is. This wasn't a lesson of, this could have gone the direction of, look, you you live your life by your charts and you need to get let go of that. It wasn't really that. He takes a lot of big risks. He moves outside the box, as you keep saying. The skill set doesn't need to keep keeping the box. And, the, and I really love that. It, it, it was so respectful of the character of tech and therefore respectful of people who identify with tech. Mm-hmm. At least I hope. That, I'd say that's you. I hope you felt respected. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I felt, I, man, I felt extremely validated, extremely validated. Yeah. yeah. And I think it, it, the other part of it to me that that's powerful of tech specific journey is that I, I do think it reflects the entire Bad Batch's journey, right? This isn't like a, mm-hmm. just a one-off. It's not just about tech. It, it, this episode is about his personal sort of awakening. Mm-hmm. Um, but this idea that they need to be true to themselves while evolving, right? They're, they've had everything mm-hmm. they know ripped away. They've had their identity and their purpose ripped away. And now they have to decide, figure out how to be themselves while also changing, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's, it, in a way, there's this meta level of that, too, that mm-hmm. the Bad Batch start out almost as, uh, obviously, they've always had depth and meaning. But on the surface level, they really start as almost just a riff on 80s cartoons, right? Um, of, mm-hmm. You know, or A-Team, like we always make the joke of, like, they're so defined by types, Right. You know, yeah. here's the leader, you know, here's the dumb muscle, here's here's the nerd, you know, here's the mm-hmm. silent badass with with uh, uh, crosshair. You know, mm-hmm. that idea that we're almost complicit in it <laughs> is the audience that we're that's how they start is almost these marketing stereotypes. And now mm-hmm. we get to go deeper and deeper and deeper in the way that they choose to define themselves. Oh, man, you just said something that's really powerful about just change overall. Change is not about leaving everything behind, right? It's 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 keeping your core as you evolve and 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 unfolding different layers within you. But it's still you. I, I love that kind of stuff. It's, it's been very important in my life last couple of years. And uh, yeah, not, you know, I'm waiting for that wrecker solo episode where he writes a poem. It's still about <laughs> meats on sticks. 
I really hope, uh, maybe all the solo episodes is Sid keeps getting captured and like, well, the only way out of this one <laughs> is for record to write a poem. That'd be great. <laughs> uh, so what other, uh, what other thoughts do you have on text journey or, or other big picture themes in this episode? Um, at the risk of re- repeating myself on tech, I'll, I'll move to some stuff with Sid and just some of the things that I think this episode did touch upon, uh, the, um, this uh, it, it's so that this thing that's at the core of Andor. Uh, how did you phrase it so well? The, the personal versus the I- ideological, right? Yeah, uh, uh, I thought there was some of that and personal over professional. Where Sid's in trouble because it's all personal for her. <laughs> <laughs> like some lessons on passion and gambling in this episode. Right. Uh, so you you just took it as that there is that line of like, given your your history, it seems like it's personal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that you think that that it's uh, Sid obviously needs money, wants money, uh, mm-hmm. is worried about probably kind of hoarding before the Imperial hammer comes down, but yeah. you feel like she wants to get Malegi back. <laughs> yeah. I just felt, and that ties into, you know, cause that leads them into bigger problems, uh, problems that need to be solved with tech and, and, and this idea, you know, I put it all down already, but like war slash fighting can't necessarily solve this one. Whereas Teo believes it's uh, as is and you attack, attack, attack. And they're all, they, all of these big lessons kind of emerge from if Sid just didn't have this personal vendetta, we might not be in some of these big problems. <laughs> Which raises these questions about Sid or the, or the real Sid. I actually really love that scene. And, and again, shout out to, to Ernie Hudson getting the call here into Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So, Ernie Malegi, uh, that scene where they have a history, they have a friendship, they have some sort of kinship in this smuggler bound scoundrel world they've they've been in and are in and Malegi having this idea of that that's who you are that's who you are and that's part of his warning and you know what we'll see if that warning plays out but at least in this moment you get a sense that she doesn't want to have that life anymore just feels that she's moved on but doesn't know how and so it's a real question I think the question of Sid has she changed is something she's asking I think she wants to say she has but she's still who she is and can she evolve and move forward? And it's framed as an ominous question at the end. But all mm-hmm. it begins, uh, again, with her, her, a little bit of a personal problem uh, that gets them all into a lot of trouble. So I think some big lessons can come out of that. Yeah, no, I think there's like all these great ideas about, you know, trust and found family. And, and you're right, they do dovetail with, you know, tech is showing that he can adapt and he can Sid adapt, right? Yeah. Um, and I love that gets laid out as well that tech is, you know, suspicious of Sid. He's got that great quote of, uh, this is not the first time she has required our assistance due to her dealings with individuals of questionable integrity. Exactly. <laughs> it's like a, a, a problematic pattern, I believe he calls it. Yeah. Yeah. And then that, that when, when Malegi has her and they are, you know, in his, in his lounge and he's like, yeah, you're not going to, you're, you're not going to change. I know who you are. And there's a great mm-hmm. shot of her kind of half in the light, half in the shadows. And, Look, mm-hmm. she really does look look like she wants to change, right? Like she doesn't yeah. want that to be true, right? Um, right. But it, 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 I, I think, I think so much of it goes to who Omega is, right? Um, mm-hmm. And is the presence of this this kid who who keeps reaching out, who keeps trying to connect, who keeps trying to be hopeful? Is that you know part of what's making a dent on uh, in Sid's heart? I think Sid mm-hmm. probably does have some empathy for these these lost confused clones who had everything taken from them but mm-hmm. I, I just kind of feel like the central thing with sid is a little bit of that classic star wars philosophy are we stronger together can you take the risk to trust to love that makes you feel vulnerable 
Or at the end of the day, is it like, look, I've been around. The galaxy's a hard place. You know, mm-hmm. you need to look out for number one above all else. I mean, it's so classic Star Wars. It starts in the first film with Han, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of what the what that ominous, you know, ending yeah. with with Malegi is is setting up is a conflict where Sid can do the right thing, but it goes against every instinct she's learned in a really hard life in a really hard galaxy. Yeah, yeah, and one of the things that plays is the there's an actual. I think a, a care for her from Omega and leading to this idea of Omega is not going to do nothing. We're not going to turn her back. We're going to find a way, even though she doesn't know it. Uh, and hopefully that's the kind of thing that can anchor uh, Sid as she moves to a different part. We'll see if they, if she picks up on it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, talking about the Omega of it all, you, you mentioned a couple times that there is, you know, a good thread of, you know, what are our other options uh, beyond fighting, you know? This is classic, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi saying in the first film, uh, we can't win, but there are alternatives to fighting. And mm. this episode, I think, really uh, underlined that. The fact that it starts as <laughs> Sid going, we're going to a rough and tumble place. I'm going to make a bet that might not work out, and then I'm going to need you boneheads to throw down <laughs> yeah your your muscle you know i i didn't bring you along for the conversation uh yeah. and when it comes down to a fight it is you know omega who first offers that different solution which i thought was really interesting because without being heavy-handed it did sort of tie to the first two episodes right mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. uh they were so clearly about how different characters define treasure and yeah. she so needed to get that money and, and what Omega is doing following up on that is when she makes that counter bet, it's basically like, yeah, no, we don't need, need money from you. If we win, we just need Sid back. Sid's our reward. You know, that was really put in a, 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 a highlight on this idea that what Omega is valuing is people and her connection to them. Yeah, and, and, and that being at the center of a lot of, I think, what Echo's talking about and this idea of we're not going to do nothing with who we are, I think that's mm-hmm. central to what's at play with the Bad Batch as they move forward. Again, see, I'm already, this is from my, that post, post-it post note I had ready to defend this episode. It's, <laughs> center. it's real central and at the center of this, this story overall, and I thought it was at play, and just to hear it from Omega. Um, and it's not it's not framed as naivete it's not framed as uh, it, it, it's not framed as just simply desperate it is it is from the the heart it is it is for an actual genuine care and concern for sid that's our friend we want it back and for even malegi who uh, one of those scoundrels with honor it would seem uh, <laughs> which is why he even i think even does warn them hey it's admirable but you know and, uh, watch yourself I, I thought it was all uh, real big well played like i said heavy-handed in the most wonderful way yeah, yeah, not, yeah, just uh, continuing the the growth and the themes, you know, yeah. which I yeah. thought was was great. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's not like she stepped out and she's like, you know, I learned sometimes treasure is people. <laughs> yeah, you know, but I but I did think that was great after the that real focus on needing money, um, and and the the wonderful uh, yeah. Sereno yeah. male saying, no, hey, have a have a toy. <laughs> that she doesn't barter for money. She just barters for Sid. Um, Yeah. And and the, the whole episode had a great, like uh, there, there are alternatives to fighting. There are other ways to win, right? It's not about like, let's just walk away. It's that maybe that's not the best way to win. You know, Uh, tech dropping his weapons pack is, is so great. Right. It is, you know, that's like Luke shutting off the targeting computer in terms of like, just seeing it 
from a different perspective, but that idea that uh, obsessing on offense, uh, offense, uh, obsessing on being the muscle might be what's stopping you from winning. Uh, absolutely not taking down the, the, that path on the, on the left, the, the red path, uh, the <laughs> one walked off. Uh, you're going to lock yourself into this perpetual, perpetual combat or riot race going on. Yep. Which wouldn't be all that with a perpetual no. riot race. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. What other thoughts uh, do you have big picture wise? Uh, that was, that was kind of all of it on the table there. It all kind of rolled together so nicely. And, and, you know, uh, I, I could say this, I don't know, half joking, but it's like the, the, all the themes at play and every other piece of Star Wars content are, are just as present here. And it's what I love about this stuff. Uh, all wrapped up in, in a fun, uh, fast package, literally. And and uh, it was just a joy to watch that and, and yeah. push out to bigger parts of Star Wars. Yeah, it's just a, such a thrill to be so rooting for tech, right? Uh, to. Mm-hmm. To surprise people to do well and to win this race, and then yeah, to get the uh, to get the Anakin Skywalker from the Phantom Menace shot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of waving at the crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and then we'll be back to discuss some of those great uh, comedy moments, some of those great action moments, some of the uh, Phantom Menace pod race of it all. All that in just a moment. 1 size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And we are back to continue our discussion of Season 2, Episode 4 of The Bad Batch, Faster. Uh, Let's get into uh, the action in an episode called Faster. I was kind of surprised when I watched this the second time, because I watched the first time, I thought about it, made some notes about the big picture ideas, and I was like, oh, can't wait to write down all those comedy moments and action moments. A lot of comedy moments. There aren't a ton of action moments. It's it's really about the race, which I really appreciated when we watched the second time. Is there really isn't any, you know, uh, mm-hmm. punch and blaster fire, anything. So how did you feel about the way the action was distributed overall? And did you have some favorite moments? I, I'm glad you said that because um, I, I, I was thought I had a little more time this morning to go into some individual moments. And all I ended up writing was a uh, favorite action moment riot racing <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> just kind of it the episode it is uh it's, it's 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 certainly a trick of the trade but you know the episode does such a good job of showing you the first race showing you beats that are gonna happen again because it sets up the framework of this is the dangers this is what could go wrong this is the little buzzer that comes out and takes you out and and a lot of that is is that's how you do it. You show those stakes so that when our hero is put in a situation, you feel it. And, and, and you also want to just, you might know Tech's going to win. Maybe you thought that the second the episode started, right? Maybe you mentioned it earlier. I'm like, oh, I can kind of see where it's going. But it's the journey and the lessons that emerge. But wrapped in that is this, these two, uh, three, uh, uh, with three, right? Three wonderful race sequences that are so Star Wars. The sound design was amazing. It's not David uh, W. Collins tweet out about it, that it has like, it's next to like episode one in terms of just the sound desi- design heavy <laughs> lifting that had to be done. Uh, it is, uh, it, and it worked. And so there's a lot of those individual moments, uh, the race itself, little, those little doors coming up, all those, it just, uh, the, that hallway with like, is it advertising on the side? <laughs> it looks like <laughs> the tunnel. just all those details. I, I don't know if I have a specific moment unless you count Teo being run over by uh, a, 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 a riot racer in the pits. Uh, which was uh, hilarious as well as full of action. Um, so yeah, I'm with you on that. There, just an overall feel. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I wrestled with whether Teo uh, getting getting smashed was an action moment or a comedy moment. <laughs> right. 
I went for comedy. We'll discuss it more in a moment. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think uh, it was just like the kind of the thrill of the environment. And there are definitely mm-hmm. some specific beats within the racing. But I really like that violence hung over this entire episode. Mm-hmm. And then it was mostly about the racing. Uh, not that the racing wasn't violent. And, you know, yeah, a random mm-hmm. uh, crowd member got shot. So, hey, <laughs> some violence. <laughs> yeah probably i mean i'm, I'm kind of just hoping arcona's having organs yeah. in different places and, and yeah. he'll be okay <laughs> uh but i did like uh teo's first uh, crash and seeing the claw maneuver that was cool a uh, great mm-hmm. setup and the actual crash was was cool and effective um i think in in text race a couple of the a- actual shots that i like the most is uh the the weapons drop not only is that like mm-hmm. uh obviously uh, a clear and important idea in the story, but just the actual action of it, of a kind of the, the pleasing chunk <laughs> yeah. of yeah. dropping it. And then it's animated so well when he, now he has more speed maneuverability and just takes mm. off. It mm. got that hard erasing of like, wow, look at him go. Um, and then the other action moment that I specifically wanted to shout out is that the final shot of Tex victory, like, I feel like most people probably knew, like, I think Tech's going to win, right? Um, yeah, yeah. But the great setup there of, like, uh, I think a more straightforward thing would have been, like, hey, he pulls the great maneuver where the, the violence uh, uh, that the two races are trying to inflict on him gets inflicted on them instead, and he zips through to a clear victory. I love that in the carnage of their collapse, you couldn't tell who was coming. That was yeah. just like a cool, fresh, interesting way to do the tension and to do the victory shot. Yeah, I really agree with that. I, I thought it was, uh, uh, you know, well crafted race storytelling all the way through. All Absolutely. Way. Yeah. So if uh, if you think of any other action moments, or maybe there's some action moments in our in our comedy, uh, we will find out. We're going to move on to favorite moments of comedy, whimsy, and weirdness. I got a lot. Maybe I'll need to edit myself. Uh, what do you got, Kim? <laughs> Uh, I, uh, I'll, uh, could see the floor to you here in a second. Cause there's a lot of things all the way through, but some general stuff I do. Uh, I think you probably get, you mentioned already, but you might mention it here too, but just the whole, uh, transporting nerf nuggets, the, the <laughs> bad batch introducing so many wonderful names for snacks in this galaxy that are, that are, that sound like they belong in a theme park. And I mean that in a good way. Uh, Ronto wraps and all those kind of things you can get it, but too in our real world. Now I want Nerf nuggets. I'm a fan of uh, chicken nuggets. I'm a fan of vegan chicken nuggets. Uh, really, a couple of brands I absolutely love. So I, I, I perked up at that. I'm like, is this coming to a Anaheim near me? Because I want some Nerf nuggets. Nerf nuggets was a great turn of phrase. And you know, since this episode was so much about skill sets, I was thinking about you know uh, Hunter's enhanced senses, and I was like, is that poor guy stuck just smelling nerf nuggets for days <laughs> Love it. Love it. yeah yeah that was that was a great one uh what else you got i so shout out to so ben ben schwartz comes in and says this character tail and and the first viewing i had i was like ah this this droid's kind of annoying and i was like well yeah that's the point don't you just kind of want to punch him and i just thought it start from uh it starts from the beginning the when you're the first interaction that great line of oh you have a problem with droids human like it's just the way the condescension behind it it was so effective it's really effective use of uh of a character and their traits uh, uh where you're you know i don't want to be mean i'm not rooting against them uh i, I but it, i don't it just worked for me it was very effective and it started with that line yeah yeah, yeah no the, the uh you know the, that ben schwartz you know a successful comedian very good at comedy yeah. um 
yeah, and and played the character well, and I think found some you know surprising delivery. I liked the I liked the self uh, the the referring to himself in the in the third person, right. uh, and I liked the delivery on Teo is an artist. <laughs> I, I liked that there was a great moment of um, I just love the style of comedy too, uh, where it's like she she's like save it for a race, and he's like oh yeah definitely I was just I was going to save it for the race. It just the, the, the <laughs> really hitting the uh, the the. Hitting the syllables in that sentence was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. So lots of fun uh, Teo stuff. Um, I did think that the the dark joke of <laughs> one of the spectators falling to blaster fire, followed by the announcer voice of a friendly reminder to all our spectators: be mindful <laughs> of blaster fire. I I I have um, a dark sense of humor about warnings that are like, yeah, they're almost just legal, right? You have to give yeah. them, but then they really. <laughs> <laughs> reveal like cool cool so thanks for the sign that there are wolves how should i how should i be cautious of wolves you know or like the, my favorite road sign that i see a lot in, in like hills in california is there's you know the yellow diamond there's a a car and then there are just rocks falling and like I get that you're warning me that rocks could fall at any time. And maybe if I happen to see one falling ahead, great. But it feels like that sign is there to just let me know, like just a reminder, a rock could fall on you from above at any time. That will be the end of you and you won't know it. And there's nothing you can do about it. Anyway, enjoy your drive. Yep. Yep. We are now uh, no longer legally obligated. Uh, great safety here. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and just the the be mindful of blaster fire was a great, you know, like yeah, cool. How, how, um, they ducked. They all seemed pretty mindful. What else are they going to do? <laughs> it was, uh, I, I yeah, I got that dark strain of humor too, and and I got no problem with this uh, character uh, taking a blaster shot to the chest here, even if it's dead. It was the the if they're going to do it, lean into it, and they they leaned into it. The 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 beat, the moment, the silence, the awkward fall, the uh, and then the the announcer at the end. It was a perfect package of dark humor. Yeah, absolutely, and yeah, I was glad that they just went for it. Uh, some other moments uh, for you. Uh, you had a, a reference that I think earlier, but uh, I, I love a lot of the Sid stuff all the time. And, and shout out again to Rhea Perlman, but just the way she delivers it. If uh, you want to step in here, I didn't bring you two for the company. It's just, <laughs> you want to step in here is so real world to me in, in the most wonderful ways. It's not a joke that takes me out of Star Wars. It's just, it just, it's such the character. And it's, I just hear Carla. And of course I hear Carla because that's what I should be hearing. And I just love that beat. It She continues to surprise me. It's one of the things where you get the character and she's got her little insults and goggles and this and that. Uh, and th those all work for me. But then it's these particular moments where it just, it's just extra special for me to have uh, Rio Perlman doing this character. Absolutely. I wrote that down too. That, mm -hmm. uh, I think that was probably my favorite Sid line. I didn't bring you two for the company because it's funny, but it's again, one of those jokes that reveals truth. Like that's mm -hmm. her whole thing of like, I've got you in your little skill set boxes. I brought yeah. you here for exactly this. Hey, this is the thing I brought you here for. Mm. Yeah bleepers <laughs> get to it and the fact that even then uh, you know that you you got all three of them but especially record like oh yeah okay yeah that's right <laughs> right 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 right, yeah. right right yeah some beautiful record moments uh another tail moment i did like is the um the utter panic on where are my arms and legs that was that's yeah. good yeah uh, i mean it's a there's a, a a joke that we we've seen with uh you know sentient 
you know, creatures, mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> uh, droids, uh, gingerbread people uh, being shocked by the state of their their yeah. body. But it was it was funny. Very successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the tail hit was great um, because I was expecting Teo to be out. So uh, so tech needed to be in, but I didn't see it coming in that moment. And the thing that really can convince me to put it in comedy rather than action, I didn't notice. But on the uh, second viewing, uh, the pilot gets out of their crash speeder and does a little shrug at him. Like, what are you going to do? I'm glad you glad you mentioned that. Uh, yes, because again, uh, I think I think in the wrong hands these these could be criticisms uh, against the show. Well, I knew that was coming. That's not. It's yeah. shock and surprise is not always storytelling. You, you get let go of that and go with the journey. So yes, I'm with you. It was like, all right, well, when's tail going to go? And they play with that. They absolutely give you a second beat. And the beat is very um, poignant. He's talking about, no, you got to look around. Off, boom. And then the the button being the casual walking away, the shrug of, what are you going to do? I, I thought uh, pitch perfect comedy. And there is some catharsis in it. In the, like, Teo, in that moment, is the person who tells you, is telling you you can't do things this way. Only I am the holder of the knowledge. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yep. Uh, there's some other great stuff with the announcer and with Tex Race. That's where I'm going next. So, uh, mm-hmm. what did what did you like in all that? Uh, so here, um, um, uh, Jonathan Lipow is the announcer. Uh, you and I have discussed this many times. It's been discussed for twenty odd years now. Announcers and racing and Star Wars. It, uh, it it sometimes can hit and sometimes it can miss. Uh, I think I've become um protective of Fodes and Bead, but also, uh, you know, it was, it was a thing I rubbed against for years and maybe still do. And I, I know you've expressed some uh, decisions, some, some thoughts in your head on, on the, that character and how it was used. <laughs> um, but this, so when it started happening again, I literally thought to myself, well, here we go again. Like, how are they going to do this? And it ended up working really well. There's some very real world comedy beats, um, but uh, it just played differently. And I really, um, all, all the way through it, I enjoyed it, including, you know, Tech. Tech, is that, is that his name? I, I love that as a, as a tool, and it worked for me. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I love the concept of Foden Beat. At this point, I'm just I'm just used to them, so I just enjoy yes. the beats. Uh, yeah, the uh, I don't care what universe you're from, that's got to hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, they will never be entirely for me because it is just kind of pulling in, you know, at the time, you know, a very real world, uh, SNL and everywhere else joke. Um, yeah. Um, it, yeah, it, it, you know, if it was in the, in the 2010s, it'd be like, (laughs) I think I just threw up in my mouth a little like, uh uh-huh. Yep. We all know that joke. Great. Uh, this worked for me because there was a little bit more darkness under the satire, right? Um, Mm -hmm. because I think of like the blaster fire thing and because it's like an announcer for a extremely dangerous, you know, uh, awful, uh, riot racing and that kind of almost like that corporate trying to put a corporate patina on it gave Mm -hmm. it this extra darkness, right. Mm -hmm. Of like, I just, I felt like there was a little bit of character in the announcer because the announcer is the person like, I'm the one who has to put a happy face on everything regardless of how messed up it is. And all the, tech stuff was great of like I could almost see like a cutting to whatever this announcer was and I kind of like that we didn't really see him uh, that uh, that he could be like hey I'm, I'm trying to make this sound exciting 
and yeah. you, you put this guy last on the lineup. <laughs> guy I got no night notes on. His name's just Tech. You're like, <laughs> work with me. Uh, that yeah. was the one I really. I mean, the the Tech, and then the the sound kind of going out a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah, it was great. But I really liked it. Is that his name? Tech, just Tech. Um, yeah, funny joke, and also one of those things that you know makes you pull back and and kind of look at the fact that they are all kind of just named for their <laughs> yeah yeah uh, their skill sets you know their types uh, there, uh, there was um i didn't write down all the names but there were some wonderful racing names and and, and oh. Ode, the other a, a character being named after bosco uh you know one of the directors i love that quick draw whatever his name was and then little oh, yeah. oh yeah I, I i wrote them all down so we can talk oh about good, it. good. Uh, yeah i want to talk about it in canon because i'm really curious about the mm. your, your feelings on on the closeness to phantom minutes so yeah um yeah, I, one of my absolute favorite comedy lines in this entire thing goes to your guy, Wrecker. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> when Omega tells Wrecker that uh, Tech is last, <laughs> he, he calls him on the comm and says, Tech, you got to be in front to win. Like, this was <laughs> valuable mission critical information that Tech didn't know. God bless you, Wrecker. God bless you. <laughs> Oh, an absolute winner. An absolute winner. Uh, a great NFL color commentator. The team with the more points is going to win today, Al. Yeah. <laughs> they got to get out there and try. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, for a, a tech-focused episode, um, I, I felt like other people had the comedy lines. The, the tech line that didn't make me really laugh is when he asks uh, Omega to send the specs of the left tunnel to mm-hmm. his uh, his data pad. And Wrecker says, shouldn't you just focus on not getting blown up? And Tech says, I can do both. Yeah, I can do both. <laughs> is a good one. Any other comedy moments for you? Uh, the big victory moment. You did it. You sound surprised. I mean, you know, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Nice and straightforward. Uh, all right. Then that, in that case, let's get to the canon, the lore connections. Uh, there's a lot of just kind of uh, references to other things. But the big thing to me is, you know, uh, bot racing. Uh, how did you feel big picture about this episode feeling like it was an homage to the Phantom Menace's pod racing scene? It wasn't just another racing, mm-hmm. uh, another type of racing introduced in Star Wars. There was so much about it from the announcer to that. That long introduction of the racers felt in specific like a nod, like a tip of the hat to Phantom Menace. How did you feel about all that? I really loved it. There was even a shot of, of just kind of seeing our group watching a race. It was almost even framed like some of the shots in episode one of, of Shmi and Padme and everyone watching Anakin on the uh, iPad before we knew what that was. Huh? <laughs> uh, I loved it. And, and, and for me, it becomes personal because uh, in the years in which I was wrestling with my feelings on episode one or trying to go, well, I, I liked a lot of the themes I was picking up on, but I, I'm, I'm moving away from that movie well, along with society because snark is cool. But also, hey, there's some things that are maybe legitimate. And in, in that period of time, one of the things that kept me anchored to the movie was the pod race, uh, the sound design in it, just the, 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 the design of the pods, everything about it. And, and most of the racers, we've talked about some of the racers in their uh, big uh, uh, racing outfits that I don't love, but you know, rats and everyone about it. Um, you know, it, it, it was, it's so special in my heart because of that. It, it kept me close to that film 
when I was ready to push, uh, push far away from it, push myself away from the table, so to speak. And so to just kind of see this episode come along and, and have some direct homages to it and the feel and the energy, and then also introducing a new kind of, of racing, uh, which almost seems like an evolution of pod racing, right? As pod racing changed or something like that. It, it's an offshoot. It's, you got NASCAR, you got funny cars, you got that, you got all different styles <laughs> of racing. So you might as well have this and, and I enjoyed it. And therefore, I think it's not just about uh, a tip of the cap to the prequel generation that loved the pod races. It's just to this sequence that that I'm sure I'm not alone. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who, who made it, might have wrestled with the film, but like what was going on there. And it kept you close when you wanted to run away. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. I always liked the pod race. You know, that was a criticism back in the day for people my age that it was, uh, that it was too long or whatever. Uh, but I enjoyed it. I really... I wrestled initially with the really different design of aliens. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think Lucas just really feeling like, ah, I don't have to have creatures in suits <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. or Muppets. I can do whatever I want. And, you know, you get Ben Quadraneros who did not look like at the time, quote unquote, Star yep. Wars to me. Yep. It's, once I got past that, um, I really started to look forward whenever I watched The Phantom Menace, specifically to the introduction of all of them and really starting to appreciate all of the, not, not just the design work, but the, you know, the performances, I will always love Clegg Holdfast's little, like, what do you, you think you're at a Royal dinner with the, your, yeah. what, your vibes way off from everybody else, Clegg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, team toe and, uh, Oh, the whole gang. So I, th this whole episode when I was like, Oh, I really like that. This isn't just pod racing. Mm -hmm. That this is like pod racing with the gloves off. It feels like people like, you know how yeah. everybody kind of just knows quietly that pod racers cheat and try to murder one another. You know how that's just kind of mm -hmm. a whispered, agreed upon thing. Let's not whisper anymore. Yeah, yeah, we're <laughs> Let's doing have a weapons pack. We're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Love that. Yeah. So it it felt like great, and I was so happy to have just the roll call because we were seeing bits and pieces of them in mm -hmm. the race. In the roll call, so you can just like slow down, read it, watch them. Uh, I, it was just so much fun and so much flavor of just like, if we're going to do this, let's have fun with it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so the, the, the list was uh, Jet Venom, uh, uh, then Bosco the Mad Bomber Bricks, Steel Claw Cane, Vicious Vid Santari, Haxon the War Gnome, <laughs> Trojanix, mm -hmm. Quick Draw Quasar, the Trickster Flash Raktor, and Hyper Rod on his Seven Deuce Blaster. Uh, oh, so yeah. even even some of that Phantom Menace thing of, you know, so-and-so with this, you know, kind of uh, engine. Yeah. Um, you reminded me of another comedy beat I, I loved. It's it's maybe understated, but uh, Bosco Mad Bomber. What's his last name? Bricks. Bosco Mad Bomber, Bomber Bricks. So then he drops like the little grenades and the announcer's like, Mad Bomber up to his old tricks. It's like the leopard biting your face off party with <laughs> leopard biting your face off. Like, it's like, yeah, that's what he does. He's called the Mad Bomber. <laughs> and he yeah, that, that beat made me feel like it, that this riot racing was sort of like uh, racing meets uh, pro wrestling, right? Like yes. that, that, oh, we're actually, people would be bummed if Mad Bomber didn't drop his bombs. That's his right. shtick and they expect it. Yes, right? Like I, I went to a race and Mad Bomber did not drop his bombs. Money back, please. Yeah, yeah. What, what, Bosco, no bombs. Is that your name now? Come on, yeah. come on. Yeah. Uh, and if I hadn't stopped and paused to write down this list, I would have mixed uh, missed Quick Draw Quasar, uh, the battle droid with some purple paint, doing a little finger guns gesture. 
It's the best. It's it's so cheesy in the best way. I love it. I love it's it. It's so great. Yeah. So then uh, uh, the other kind of canon thing to talk about is that, hey, we got a lot of uh, different uh, species and droids. Um, Jet Venom is uh, a Nosaurian, the same as uh, our beloved Clegg Holdfast. Did you feel like that was too on the nose or were you happy to be like, oh, well, this is a species who's great at racing? Jet species. Exactly. That species is great at racing. Yeah, absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved that. Yeah, and it, you know it, it's uh, set up with you know mm-hmm. Anakin's whole like you know humans can't usually do this. Um, yep. And then we had a commando droid, we had a protocol droid, uh, we had the repurposed battle droid. How did you feel uh, about seeing not that long after the Clone Wars <laughs> these droids who'd found new uses? I loved it. It's uh, you know talk about changing, and you're not in a box. You get to go race now, uh, and I love <laughs> the one that kind of emerges gunk, 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 into the seat during the announcement. I love that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every every single one is a great shot. Great to see protocol droids. You know, the protocol droids will always be. Yeah. You know, three PO is the base, so great to see yeah. variations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then uh, just kind of species wise, uh, of course, uh, Malegi is a Duwatan like Grumgar from the Force Awakens. Great to see that variety. How'd you feel about that? Love that. Uh, Grumgar has always been one of my favorite uh, characters, just because it's it's Grumgar. Uh, look at him. Uh, so yeah, it worked for me. Yeah, and and I feel like the the physical presence of an existing you know mm-hmm. uh, species in Star Wars that is massive, right? You know, it was, it was great to see a Gamorrean with a blaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and but it kind of felt like the let let's back down. We don't need to have this fight. Was partially because Malegi himself would would throw down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even him pouring those drinks, those those uh, those big mitts, pouring those drinks. That's a, that's, a, that's a big guy. I don't want to fight with that guy. Yeah. It's great to see his giant pinky held out as he drank. Yes, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, we had some uh, hollow chest, some Dejeric at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think Wrecker ever can beat Omega at Dejeric? I- I think you're going to get, I want it to be a runner, uh, a running bit that ends with him about to win and something happens and he never does. <laughs> Denied. Love yeah. it. Love yeah. it. Um, I think this was the first time we got Sid's full name as well, right? Uh, Sidorin Scaleback. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right there. Sidorin uh, Scaleback. Mm. Yeah. How do you feel? Do you like it? I do like it. Here's why. There, there, been a, there would be a time where he wouldn't like that. Uh, but also it's a very Star Wars name. The, we talked about going back to the Andor of it all and our, our friend Brian Ward saying Andor's a, for Star Wars fans who maybe are embarrassed about being for Star Wars, being Star Wars fans. It's a general comment, of course. Um, but I, I really connect with that because I've run into that in the real world, right? Where just like, you're, are you a Star Wars fan or do, do you hate Dexter Jetster? Because that's 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 the balance. This episode is, is not embarrassed about being a Star Wars fan. Scale back and... Quick draw quasar and riot racing, calling back to the Phantom Menace. This is a celebration of all the weird things in Star Wars, all the things that maybe you might not want to sit down and show someone on their first view of Star Wars, which I do, which I do get by the way. Um, big alien creatures, Gamorrean guards. Uh, it's all there. It's it's the wild, wondrous side of Star Wars that we love talking about so much. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think yeah that that full name scale back it's on one hand it's like yeah no i get it she's a trandoshan like also mm-hmm. like yeah no i mean uh, some people's last name farmers because their the ancestors were farmers <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not that weird um and it just got a, a wonderful flow to it sitterin scale back i mm-hmm. love it 
Uh, final canon thing I noticed uh, noted is uh, I liked the announcer describing the left tunnel as a Nellis Express to Lotho Minor. Lotho Minor being the junk planet uh, where half of Maul hang- hung out for <laughs> a mm. few years, mm-hmm. uh, staying alive through sheer uh, desire for revenge. Um, yeah. So any other canon thoughts? No, I think we really hit it all. I, I do, uh, like I said, the, the the homage to pod racing down, even some of the shots, it would seem, was uh, one of my favorite things. Yeah, um, great stuff. Okay, was there anything that you disliked or questioned in this episode? That it was too short. No, um, <laughs> I think the only thing going into it uh, and coming out of it was like, I, I, I had some questions about when you place this episode and again, would it be a letdown in some ways? Um, but it, it ended up playing really well. Um, especially after we did that deep dive last week on the upside episode, I, I just thought uh, this is what was needed. It, it's just as, as deep in so many ways, but it, it, it helped uh, kind of even out uh, my emotions going forward in bad batch. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think, uh, I think Teo was extremely effective. It did, did the job exactly needed as that character, um, the I, I maybe would have taken uh, you know one or two less moments of of Teo being a lot. <laughs> uh, the moments that that worked for me were really good, but you know, it, it, Teo was very extra, as the kids probably have stopped saying. <laughs> and uh, that one went. I I missed that. I didn't. I didn't know when extra was a term. Oh boy. It's yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately, yeah, a lot of great funny stuff uh, with Teo and extremely cathartic uh, to have this figure who is doubting and judging and controlling get uh, not hoist by his own petard, but hit by a speaker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you wanted to touch on? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Kevin Kiner, once again, coming through some great music. And we have Star Wars club music. We actually have some Star Wars EDM club music to play. <laughs> You talk about the background music in the yeah. in the parlor. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, no, in the race itself. Oh yeah. It, it does. It does show up a few times, but in the race when they're gone, it's it's something special. I loved it. Oh yeah. No, there's some great racing music. Um, mm-hmm. I was really uh, hooked on the music in the beginning when Wrecker and Omega are playing mm-hmm. Jarek, and there's like this uh, background music that's internal. It's in. It's the music in Sid's parlor. It's not the the soundtrack, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, because we just had a question about music in Star Wars. And I just, I really liked that it was slow. It was, <laughs> it was yeah. it's like somebody's like, okay, you want electronica for your bar, right? But yeah. what if it's really sad and no one's there and it's like Tuesday morning? Here's some sad, lazy electronica for your bar that doesn't have a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. That's great. <laughs> Super great. Uh, other thing I want to be sure to shout out, I really, so the animators, you know, in the director, you know, went to town finding all these fun moments from, you know, quick draw quasars, finger guns. Mm-hmm. But I really enjoyed, especially in the second viewing, uh, Teo's flippy face. Uh, that instead mm-hmm. of turning his whole body, was flipping his face around. That was really cool. I, I don't think I picked up on that until the second viewing. So it was a great little design. Yeah. Uh, we always like to wrap up with some fun. I think we've been having fun throughout the episode. Yes. But uh, if you could have a figure or merch of any kind from this episode, who or what do you want? I come on. I, I'm gonna until I get it. I, I'm gonna call for my pod racing game. But now you have Riot Racing. Uh, you have a racing game at your fingertips. What circuit do you want to go into? Uh, you, who's your racer? 
all of, you got these different tracks. There's so much in there, uh, so much to play. Mario Kart is one of the greatest games of all time for a reason. Give me Star Wars Mario Kart Riot Racer. Yeah, come on, yeah, Star Star Wars Riot Racer, please. Mm-hmm. That would be so great. Uh, I'm gonna keep saying it until it happens. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> that they would just make the Bad Batch in vintage format. Uh, the three and three quarter mm-hmm. figures, they got a hunter coming out. So uh, I'm going to be selfish. And I say, I hope tech is next. Uh, maybe I'll pick up the Black Series tech. But man, I really want I really want my tech figure. One of my favorite characters. Uh, there was another background character, kind of a variation on a model that they've used a decent amount. We've talked about it before. Uh, it starts happening in the Clone Wars. It's happening in Bad Batch where... Uh, there's, you know, some very specific and slightly inaccurate dress of some of the Cantina characters in their original Kenner figure form. Mm, mm. <laughs> Before it was uh, Ponda Baba and Momana Dunn, who was a uh, walrus man and hammerhead. And they had weird, brightly colored jazzercise jumpsuits. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Uh, and they've used that before where there'll be an Aqualish with the Wallish Man colors and an Athorian with the Hammerhead colors. Uh, but in the establishing shot where the gang is getting to Safatoma, this new planet, there there's what appears to be a tipsy Walrus Man with a bit of a beer gut in the classic Walrus Man action figure outfit. So I want an action figure of Tipsy Walrus Man with beer gut. <laughs> Tipsy Walrus Man. That needs to be the description on the package. <laughs> yeah, and then with beer gut, like, like it's an accessory. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, any any other thoughts? No, they have fun episode, fun discussion. I was really excited to get to this, just as, as I was excited uh, with last week's uh, Deeper, Darker, Solitary Clone. Love it. Yeah, no, I think they're, they're really partners one is uh the solitary clone is is dark and harrowing uh, uh this episode faster is it's light it's fun it's uh really validating uh but they both have that really great star wars storytelling of uh minimal stories that evoke all these big ideas and i, I really uh appreciate it excited by it can't wait to watch the next episode of bad batch mm, love it and with that, Ken, you want to let people know where they can find us. Absolutely. Thank you for listening or finding us. We're the Force Center Podcast. We are on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We are also on uh, Hive Social Fear over there at Force Center. Uh, Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We are on Instagram. And don't forget, we are on YouTube. We are asking you if you want to consider subscribing to the channel. It would help us reach our next goal of 7,000 subscribers. We've got new things coming over there on YouTube, like figure fights in February and more. Stick around for that. Podcast available on a lot of different spots. Just search. You'll find us. tpublic.com slash user slash force center is where you can buy merch. Get some for Star Wars Celebration because we'll be there in London and we want to find you in a crowd. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash force center or follow me at Ken Napsock or go to my website kennapsock.com. And Joseph, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on all the social media. You can just search uh, for Joseph Scrimshaw and you'll find me on Instagram, Twitter, Hive, Mastodon, all those places. TikTok. I just put out a new uh, TikTok with my Fennec Shand action figure. Did you know she comes with (laughs) an extra head? Anyway, that's a whole other thing. You can also uh, find me on YouTube. I got a new short film that I'll be putting on YouTube uh, soon. So join me over there. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for Quick Draw Quasar, this has been The Bad Batch.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.